0: I'm Jordan Weitzman, and you're listening to Magic Hour. Roxana Markoch is the David Deckman Senior Curator and Acting Chief Curator of the Department of Photography at the Museum of Modern Art. She began working in the museum in 1999 in the Painting and Sculpture Department, but moved to the Photography Department when Peter Galassi enlisted her. Since, she has curated numerous exhibitions, including survey shows on Zoe Leonard, Taryn Simon, and Wolfgang Tillmans. Most recently, she opened a major show of Anne Millet's called Between Two Rivers, which we got to talk a lot about. In 2010, she co-founded the Forum on Contemporary Photography at MoMA with Eva Respini, conceived as an experimental platform for free-form critical discussions. It's a pleasure to have Dr. Roxana Marcoch on the show. Thanks for being here.
1: It's a pleasure, Jordan.
0: So, what were you up to today? You've been working on a new Anne Millet. Show
1: Yes, we have been installing a great uh, survey exhibition of Anne Millet, Mm -hmm. who is a Vietnamese-American artist, and this is her first museum survey in New York, and certainly the first one to bring together um, her oeuvre um, across photography, uh, film, installation, and textiles.
0: So how did the show come about?
1: Anne Mee has a long history with the Museum of Modern Art and MoMA PS1, and uh, her work was first presented here at MoMA in 1997 uh, in New Photography, which is an iteration of the museum's long-standing series of significant developments in photographic practice. And um, subsequently she was included in various other collection rotations. My first collaboration with her was in 2010, when I included uh, work from a very early series of hers in stone, titled In Stone from 1992-93, in a large exhibition, a thematic show, which was called The Original Copy, Photography of Sculpture, 1839 to Today. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's an artist whose work we have been following for a long time, and which is represented in the museum's collection but she's also someone that i that i think is a very strong voice in photographic practice whose work has been engaged for a very long time 30 years now with histories of diaspora and migration uh, with uh, a very critical take on uh, warfare and conflicts which are obviously all subjects of great urgency um, today. And they will always be, unfortunately, because there is always more than one word that is being waged in the world at any given time.
0: How long has this show been in the works for and how long have you been thinking about
1: Um, it? So, you know, like every exhibition um, has different phases of development. And um, I think we started discussing the exhibition about three years ago. And we have been working since on, on the show, but always kind of trying to present a different aspect of Anmi's work. Because in a way, she is uh, well-known for uh, her very influential photographic bodies of work, but she's also not known enough for other aspects that uh, engage installation and all these other, you know, this kind of creative pluriverse of uh, of her practice, which involve also embroidery and uh, various type of 16 and 35 millimeter films and um, different bodies of work that are not as well known as the ones that are, uh, for which she has monographs and that have been presented in, at various other museums. So I'm trying with this exhibition to show a different facet of Army as a photographer who obviously shows us um, the complexity of a word uh, through her lens, but also who um, is very audacious and sometimes breaks the frame to present a word that is actually not static, that is not confined but rather that is fluid and uh, borderless.
0: Mm-hmm. So how does the conversation start when you when you start to develop an exhibition you approach an artist like Anmi me and you do you have a clear idea of what you want to present and how you want to present it or does that develop as Over you go time.
1: with a monographic exhibition with a contemporary artist there is it's always a dialogue and it's always a process that continues until the moment that the show opens like literally it's never it's never it never comes to an end, um, and it's a conversation that then continues after the show is open through various type of programming. Uh, we already had one forum on contemporary photography that was done in conjunction with the exhibition that was like a couple of weeks ago, uh, even before the exhibition opened, and that was the 360-degree image in the age of artificial intelligence where we had, uh, you know, like 10 different uh, speakers, uh, artists, and uh, cultural historian and theoreticians who discussed this notion of um, the 360-degree image because we are world-premiering a new piece by me which involves a 360-degree installation. So it's a process, and it starts with, obviously, a curator's interest in one artist's work. It involves research to know all the various, you know, body software that she has created, the exhibition that she has made, a review of all the installations, and just kind of getting into the artist's mind and understanding her thinking, her methodology, and eventually doing a studio visit once you kind of have had the chance to filter all of that information and conceptualize a little bit the idea of the show. Uh, having, uh, you know, a a number of studio visits in which you discuss things that are not in books necessarily, things that are part of the artist's archive or part of, uh, you know, source materials basically that have not been published or that have uh, not been brought to light in an exhibition. So it takes time and it's a very, it's kind of uh, a treat, you know, to, to be able to do that. It's a gift of sorts, you know, because you, you are in dialogue with uh, someone who is very creative and smart and brilliant at what she does. And uh, at the same time, you try to push, right, to push what they have done or how they have thought so far uh, that their work should be presented.
0: And it must be a completely immersive experience. I mean, putting on a survey show is a huge endeavor. Um, do you feel that way when you get into when when you're working on a show? Is that like the only thing you're thinking of or
1: I'm always working on more than one exhibition at a time, mm-hmm. and for instance uh right now you may know or not, but uh last year, at about this time it was actually in september um I opened a very large survey exhibition of Wolfgang Tillman's to look without fear um and that show went to the Art Gallery of Ontario uh, in Toronto, which had a very different iteration from the presentation at MoMA, since Wolfgang is an artist who really works with the architecture and with the social construct of space. Mm -hmm. And the day, basically pretty much at about that opening this year of Ann show, our show of Wolfgang is opening at SF MOMA because mm. it's traveling next as SF MOMA. So you know that iteration at SF MOMA is still part of, um, of our exhibition. Yes. So th- these are already two very different types of show that uh, I was working concomitantly uh, while kind of finalizing one. I was uh, in the you know middle of another one, and just beginning to conceptualize a third one, which will open right at the time when Anime shows closes. Mm-hmm. The next, they are really back-to-back shows. It will be a Latoya Ruby Frazier exhibition that I'm opening, mm. uh, which is called Monuments of Solidarity. And uh, that sh- I- Miss show will be traveling to uh, next to uh, LA MoCA, so you see, like, there are all these intersections and there are three different shows, all major uh, survey exhibitions, but that kind of overlap and at the same time, you know, they are in, at different points in their development.
0: Yes. You mentioned the Tillman show, and I mean, of course I saw it here, I think multiple times. And then I saw the iteration in, at the AGO in Toronto mm-hmm. as well, and it was a completely different feel. It was, yeah. Yeah.
1: No, totally. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of uh Wolfgang's work that he's so sensitive to to the architecture, to the place where it is exhibited, to all the idiosyncrasies of the, you know, space, Mm -hmm. the way that he installs by an exit sign or by back door or you know all the mm-hmm. way to the ceiling or somewhere in a corner it's it's very specific to his sensibility and space counts and every show will look
0: different right
1: even with the same checklist you know
0: you just mentioned uh before you mentioned the photo the foreman contemporary photography mm-hmm. that's a program that you started right yes yeah.
1: yes this is a program that i co-founded with eva Espini when she was my colleague here at mama uh God, I think it was uh, now 13 years ago in 2010, and uh, which started being um, more of a private, you know, it was by invitation just to artists and academics. Um, so they were small, they were intimate, they were happening not in a public space but in the founder's room here at the museum, but in a very kind of off-the-cuff, um, very dialogical um, forums on ideas that were meaningful to the 21st century, photography in the 21st century. I mean, um, and so during COVID, we had to move them online on Zoom. We decided to open it up, you know, to a more international audience since it was done virtually. And we had an enormous response from... All corners of the world. So we decided now to have a kind of a hybrid format, both in person. So we did it in the Bartos Theater here at MoMA. It was an absolutely sold out uh, event, and on on Zoom for those who who cannot join in person. Hmm. So
0: are the themes aligned with your with your uh, curatorial interests?
1: They are aligned with uh, curatorial interests, but not always necessarily being always in conjunction with an exhibition. Um, And if they are in conjunction with an exhibition, it's not about the exhibition per se. It can take an aspect of the show or a work as a point of departure, but then engages with broader, um, you know, questions. And so it involves different perspectives from... um, from different artists and their practices, from different practitioners, some of them humanists, some of them scientists, so they are all brought to the table.
0: I'm Jordan Weitzman, and you're listening to my conversation with Dr. Roxana Marcoch that we recorded at MoMA. To find out more about the show and browse our archive of over 50 interviews with photographers and people involved in the medium, visit us at magichourphoto.org. You can also browse our books, including our latest co-publication with j Books called Ordinary Things Will Be Signs for Us, Photographs by Corita. So I'm curious about something. If you look back at, I mean, just using um, the MoMA photography department mm-hmm. as a, um, I don't know, a contained example. If you look at um, the history of curators in the department, mm-hmm. everyone has had a v- sort of very particular voices mm-hmm. um, and interests in photography. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have an agenda as a curator or... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a very honed set of interests that you Absolutely. think of a lot? Yeah? Oh, totally. What are they? First of all, Can you I'm a, yeah. <laughs> I'm,
1: a, I'm a woman and yes. we only had uh, chief curators who were male before. With, it's crazy. With a, yeah. Well, it's reality. Yes. Um, now, I think that um, my, uh, I have a very clear vision and it, it, it's always been there, so to speak. And my vision is feminist. Uh, I'm, uh, as you can see, supporting the work of many uh, women artists. I have worked uh, on monographic exhibitions now with Anmi, next with Latoya Ruby fraser pre- previously with Zoe Leonard and with um, Carrie Mewims. So yes, my vision is feminist. I am um, uh, very much engaged with uh, women artists. Uh, I have been working, obviously, now with Anne Me and uh, next with Latoya Ruby Frazier. I have also worked on monographic exhibitions with Louise Lawler, Zoe Leonard, Mae Weems. I mean, it's a very long list. Yes. Um, and I'm very much interested in uh, other geographies, mostly in... Histories of art and photography, also, which are not necessarily just Western centric. So, I have been leading uh, one branch of CMAP, and uh, CMAP stands for Contemporary and Modern Art Perspectives in a Global Age. And so I've always been interested in, um, yes, in the work, uh, b- both in acquisitions and bringing into the collection, but especially being able to contextualizing other histories within um, the presentations that we do at the museum in terms of not necessarily just monographic exhibitions, but rather more thematic ones.
0: Mm. This is making me think of uh I was reading that your entry point to photography wasn't even you were studying sculpture, right? Or your
1: I well I studied the history of modern Art uh-huh. and um, I, my PhD was on Brancus on Brancusi or Brancus. In... I noticed
0: the first book on your bookshelf, just on the the top left side, was a Brancusi book, <laughs> okay. which I thought was interesting.
1: <laughs> well, I have many, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but obviously, but uh, no. So, so my yes, I was not trained in photography. Actually, I come from painting and sculpture. That was uh, my focus. My, my thesis was on on Brancus. But interestingly, and it it was on his sculpture, but interestingly, I came to understand his work, his sculptural work through his photographs.
0: Mm. His own photos. His own photos. Which are beautiful.
1: Uh, Well, which are very idiosyncratic because um, he obviously had many friends uh, who were great photographers. And he was very close friends with Man Ray who helped him built his dark room he was friends with uh, you know steichen who was a collector of his work with with i mean so many of them and yet he did not allow any one of them to take his photographs of his sculptures Uh, he was very uh, peculiar on how he wanted his work to be photographed and when i did The exhibition Photography of Sculpture, the original copy, 1839 to today, kind of started from my interest in Brankus's photographs.
0: And how sculpture is photographed.
1: And how sculpture is photographed. And, you know, he has like two types of photographs, mainly uh, one which are known as the radius where he was kind of almost calculating the angle of incidence on how the light will strike his Polish bronzes. So when he would take the photograph of one of the Polish bronzes, say, a Mademoiselle Pogani actually the gestalt, the form, would explode. Mm-hmm. So you have this image, which is very interesting because Prankusz was always uh, kind of in the, in the old literature, he was always presented as a platonist sculptor, a sculptor of pure form. But when you look at the photographs, the contrary is true. And uh, he, he, he gets this kind of unform, this kind of blowing of the image of, or of the gestalt, that, that the image is explosive. And that's not surprising because he was interested in vibration, in Bergson, in... Uh, kind, of, kind of Elon Vital, he was interested in the idea of infinity and therefore, you know, the, the notion of repetitiveness, of surging forth. So, and so that's one type of sculpture and uh, photographs of his sculpture and the other type are his group mobile. And the group mobile are uh, the kind of grouping of two or three sculptures, bases, also pedestals um, Mm -hmm. and even furniture elements in close proximity to form a group. But it was a mobile group because he would constantly exchange, you know, elements within that. And you can see that in his, if you look at his photographs of his studio in the 1920s uh, and 30s, you will see these group mobiles which form families. And so it's a very scenographic aspect again it's not about the singularity of the object but it's rather about the relationality between base or pedestal and the actual object uh, you know many of his sculptures were rotating if you see his films he was also making film uh, you will see that the pedestals were mobile and so he was interested in movement
0: mm. um,
1: so you get a different Br- Brancus or Brancush he definitely um, is a different type of a sculptor than you would understand him just by looking at his sculptures when you look at the photographs.
0: Yeah. So that's so so that was your entry point into photography. And when you came to I mean the that museum, was
1: my interest. It wasn't necessarily an entry point because I wasn't thinking uh I wasn't thinking about the segregation of mediums. You know, you think of an artist, so you then you study his sculpture, you study his Photographs. you study what other artists were thinking of him, like, you know, also in his legacy. And uh, his legacy was invaluable to what we call the minimalist generation now, but it was invaluable to many other artists um, afterwards. And, in fact, the first Artist's Choice, artist Choice is uh, another series that was inaugurated in 1989 at MoMA, uh, where an artist would be invited to do an exhibition from the museum's collection. So the very first artist's choice was Scott Barton, and it was Scott Barton on, Bran- on, on Brancusi. Hmm. Uh, because he was, you know, Brancusi was very uh, influential on Barton's work as a sculptor, uh, but also as a performer because when Scott Barton was doing performance, he would use sculpture elements that were like furniture elements. And the way that he presented Brancus was so different from any institutional presentation of his work, where he would show, I don't know, a new, the newborn head, say, not on a pedestal, but directly on almost, not on the floor, but you know, on a little elevated surface, where he would show Brancusi how he... He Brancusi would have presented his work in his studio. Hmm. That that kind of um, legacy of an artist on other artist's work and how you can reinterpret an yeah. artist's work through the eyes of a contemporary one—that's that's always been of interest to me.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, and you, it's, it's 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 so it's wonderful to hear how inspired you still are by him. I mean. Totally, uh, from your, yeah. Yeah.
1: totally. Yeah. You see our installation of Brancusi here; it's just to die for. I, I would, I, I don't, I can't have enough of it.
0: It's yeah. just so beautiful. Did you always know you wanted to be a curator?
1: I always uh, knew that I wanted. I was interested in art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in undergraduate, I did actually three majors, and one was uh, art history. One was. Uh, theater and film criticism, and the third one was across humanities. So it was a special honors curricula. Mm. And so when I went to graduate school, I decided to pursue art history.
0: Mm. And did you ever want to be an artist, or was it always looking at art and being interested? Always looking
1: at art. I'm not an artist.
0: Mm -hmm. I was always looking.
1: But I like collaborations with artists very much, so Mm -hmm. they are my model for curatorial work.
0: They're your model for curatorial work? Yes. How do you mean?
1: I think that I'm learning the most from artists rather than from other curators or other scholars.
0: In terms of how they think or work? How or... they
1: think, how they work, how they install, their sensibility, everything appeals to me.
0: mm mm-hmm. Does it have to do with a kind of intuition or a, a feel kind it of thing? It has
1: to do pr- primarily with not being institutionalized. or It has to do with not having to uh, be constricted by norms. Uh, you know, you can do whatever you want. And, and I think that that's very enfranchising, you know. It's a good feeling to start working Everything is possible, right? And when I do, when I work with an artist, I always start from this premise. Mm. Anything is possible. And as we all know, it's not because, (laughs) you know, I'm a negotiator between an artist and an (laughs) institution also. But that's the premise from where we start. Anything is possible. So let's think the wildest dreams that we want to make possible
0: right and it must be so amazing i mean just you you work with so many different types of people and it's uh i always think about this in terms of just sitting for a portrait sitting for, for a photographer in that you know everyone's dealing with this very similar materials cameras uh, there are discrepancies maybe but the way that a, a photographer will interact with you is so different and so um idiosyncratic that it's just such an interesting thing to see and it must be like that working with an artist on a show too just different mind just completely different yeah
1: yeah no they're they are all very different and um but you know they are all very creative and that's very attractive right it's very attractive to be with someone who constantly thinks creatively um and I wouldn't, I mean, that, that's one of the beauties of this. Also, my work is that it's never the same type of work. Every day is a little different, too. So.
0: What was it? I mean, I wonder if you could just talk about the, the relationship or the, the dynamic between you and Anne Mille.
1: Well, uh-huh. you know, Anne and I are about of the same generation. And interestingly, uh, we both came to the United States in the 70s as political refugees. Mm. She came from Vietnam. Mm -hmm. She came here as a teenager. You know, she left with her family just a few days before the fall of Saigon in 1975. And then she settled in Sacramento. She went on to uh, study at Stanford biology. She got a... Mm. A uh, Master of Science in Biology, and then she came to the East Coast. She studied at Yale Photography and she got a Master of Art in Photography. So that's on me. And me, I left Romania during an autocratic regime, during uh, Nikolai Ceausescu's regime. And I was a political refugee in France, and I lived in France for two years and a half. And then I immigrated to the US and there was a first generation of immigrants and
0: mm. when I
1: left I was a teenager too I was 18. Wow so anyway so the, there are already to begin with it's it's this just this biographical element which is um, it's very interesting in itself I mean it didn't have anything to do necessarily with uh, my desire to work with her it has to do with her work not with, her biography but the you know the similarities in biography uh even though obviously we come from very different parts of the world sure um, yeah it becomes
0: another another connection yeah i have one more question for you i want to ask you about the catalog for the show and about working on catalogs Mm -hmm. do you get i mean they're they're authored by you Yes. Do you uh, do you become very involved with them? Are you very very involved in the 100% yeah. or 200%? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
1: a catalog is as much work as an exhibition is. It takes uh, it takes a lot of time and a lot of precision and a lot of innovative ideas and uh, it's very collaborative. When I say yes, sure, I'm authoring it because I'm the primary editor of the catalog and I you know, uh, invite other contributors, but it's truly a group effort. Like an exhibition is a group effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with extraordinarily talented colleagues across the museum on both the exhibition and with our publications department on the catalog and with both sometimes colleagues from different departments in the museum for the catalog in terms of, uh, Inviting them to to write um, for it, but also of course outside scholars.
0: The book it's designed by Joseph Logan, who amazing also... amazing
1: Joseph Logan, yeah. <laughs> and I would do any book with him. Yeah, why? Yes. Um, well, I've done many books with him right. already. I know. Uh, I know. So <sighs> Latoya is with him, and Wolfgang's uh, works with with him, and. Uh, there are at least a few others uh, which from back um because uh because he's just the most talented uh wonderful person to work with he understands exactly and very fast um both the sensibility of the work of the artist and of the curator how is it possible? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, he just gets it. And then he brings all of that, like seamlessly into something that is original and beautiful. And every single book is quite different from the other. She just gets it, you know, and he makes just these beautiful art objects, which are books.
0: Roxana, thanks so much for having me here. It's been a real pleasure talking with you.
1: Same here, anytime. And I hope you'll join us
0: for the opening. I look forward to it. That was my conversation with Dr. Roxana Marcoch that we recorded at MoMA in New York. This episode was produced by me, Jordan Weitzman, and was edited by Aidan McMahon. Original music for the show by Adam Feingold. To find out more about the show... And browse our books that we've published in the past couple of years, visit us at magichourphoto.org. You can have a look at our most recent publication a book made up of Sister Credo's Photos called Ordinary Things Will Be Signs For Us that just came out. Thanks so much for tuning in and see you next time.